people and with all kinds of things going on in my head. I have so much I'd like to say that I know there's no way it's going to happen in one day. Um, and so, but what we want to do, you remember what was Brad teaching last week? Anybody ready? Any got that message? He was telling us how to hear from God. That was his message, right? Okay. And just a quick review of where he was last week. He said, your life depends on it. Your life depends on your hearing from God. That hearing will, number one, save you from misery. I'm sure there were more, but these are things that we pulled right off the top that we went, oh yeah, okay. Save you from misery. A lot of bad choices. Um, remember he was talking about, you can have a Tom Selleck or a Pee Wee Herman. You remember that? <laughs> I got my Raquel. I didn't get an olive oil. So, yeah. <laughs> following the Lord and following Him keeps, spares you of a lot of misery. Keeps you from falling. He used the uh, ladder illustration, falling down, breaking everyone on the rung on the way to the ground. Keeps you from making bad decisions. Ways that you hear. Well, let's do this. How many ways can you hear the Lord? What can you think of? Tell me something. The word? Through, Through what? Song. Song. Yeah. Okay. Meditation. Meditation. Preaching. Preaching. Prayer. Preaching. What is it? Okay. What else? Okay, so there's a lot of different ways that we can hear from the Lord, right? He, he mentioned that um, a lot of times it's an audible voice. And not, not for me. I think he said he's never heard an audible voice. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But that's not been one of my experiences. However, I have had things that come close to that. That there would be like an urge or an unction in your heart to do something. There's a knowing. You just know that the, and the Lord is speaking to you. And you just somehow know. A lot of people call it conscience. You know that that's what they experience. They write it off as that because they're not willing to, to understand yet. Good example for me was a traffic light in Mount Vernon as I was coming up to it one day and I'm in the company vehicle and there's a lot of traffic going on all around me. And uh, so I'm just doing my thing and I know the light turns green, it's my turn to go. And I put the pedal down and I start to go and uh, I could almost say audibly, I didn't, maybe it was, but I just heard stop. And I slid like as if she was sitting next to me. And that's what's going to happen. I hit the pedal right away. She yells, Jeff! You know, as soon as she yells my name, I'd slam on the brakes and then find out what's happening, right? So, so I did that. I slammed on the brakes and I'm like, what? And this semi came through the intersection at full tilt. And he blew that red light at probably, I don't know, 45. And, you know, I would have likely been sitting right in front of him. Had I not heard that, so, you know, the Lord can speak that way. Mike mentioned prayer. When you're, when you're in prayer with him, when you take your quiet time with the Lord, and that can flow over into your time of Bible study, and you're sitting down and giving him your attention, that's when you have the opportunity to let him speak to you. Oftentimes, we're so daggone busy, well, and I can get into that later, but that's, that's one of our pitfalls. So then dreams and visions were another one he mentioned. And I think that he had said, I just turned it to this, was supernatural revelation. That there are things that actually happen that are beyond 
explanation um, that can, can be a case of where you hear from God. But we wanted to elaborate on this today, and hopefully this dovetails really well with what Brad is doing. And I think one of the things that we, uh, we struggle with, and the reason I'm doing the part about why we don't hear from God is because I'm real good at that. I'm real good at the not hearing part. And I've done that a lot. Evelyn is the one who usually hears. I trust her more times than I trust myself when it comes to those kinds of things. But there are reasons why we don't hear God's voice. And a lot of you I know will say, some will that say, I, I never hear him. Is that the case in here? Now, you, I don't need a show of hands. I'm not looking for that. But there are many who would say, I don't hear God's voice at all. There are others who say, I'd like to, but I don't hear it. Others who might say, I'd like to, and I do once in a while. And I'm pretty sure that maybe what I've heard is God's voice. There's others who go all the way up to, I hear him, I hear him clearly, and I hear him often. But there are this whole struggle in life is hearing from the Lord. And I got to tell you, in my estimation, there is nothing more important in your walk after salvation than being able to and willing to and taking the time to listen to what the Lord has to tell you personally. How can you grow? How can you do, how can you expect any kind of an improved life in the Lord if you do not have a personal relationship? Now, if you think about this, you can probably transfer it into a number of things that you experience in your daily life. But, okay, so here comes one. This is off the list. But we have two puppies. And they've been a real learning experience for me because I see an awful lot of my own nature in these dogs. <laughs> and it's amazing to me how things work with them. Now, we've had them, we've, we've picked them up at about eight weeks old, you know, we get them home, we've had them a year, they're a little over a year old, and they're as different as night and day. They're like my two daughters, as different as night and day. And we joke and use their names on them once in a while. But for my dog, my puppy, when he's in chaos, she is in chaos, or both girls, when they're having problems or they're doing something wrong, they have come to know my voice, right? So I can give them a command. The oldest one, Ginger, is fast, and she just gets so excited about squirrels. Anything that goes on in the yard, she's right at the window, barking, wanting to see what's happening outside. If I turn that dog outside and I take her out without a leash, now believe me, this is a risk in most people's minds because here's this little dog that just will bolt in a heartbeat, and they have done that as a pair before. But I can go outside with her, and she took off after a squirrel one day on a dead run, and I yelled her name and said, stop. And she stopped, turned around, came right back to me. She knows my voice. And this is the key of what we're talking about, knowing the voice of the, of the Lord. If you know the voice, you can stop, turn around, and avoid disaster. So these puppies now also know my voice in another way, because 
what happens? I pour out love to them. I play with them. I get down on the floor with them. We get face to face. I let them chew on my, I hate it, but I let them chew on my head. I'll lay down the floor and cover my ears and just let them have it all over the top of me for their enjoyment. They love that. I love the dogs. And out of that love for each other, there's a complete understanding of what the other wants. And so they know when they're doing wrong. We didn't have to do anything to discipline them more than one time, and they catch on real quick. But it's because they love the master. Here's what we're dealing with when we're talking about hearing from the Lord. He says, you know, my sheep know my voice, right? If you love the Lord and you pursue the Lord, he will speak to you clearly. If you're having an issue and a problem, now you got to back up and say, okay, what's my restriction? And this is where I've been most of my life, you know, that I don't hear because I am so, I, I'm like the dog won't let go of the bone, you know. I get on something and I, I just, you know, trying to get me back to center where the Lord can get my attention and deal with me on something is, has been difficult over the years. So, um, the first you might say, let's say you say, I, I just don't hear him at all. So here are some things that I had put down. Many people didn't know they could. Because a lot of our churches, there are people saved, but they have no idea that there's a relationship to be involved. It's a shame. But fortunately, you don't, you don't have that excuse because we all talk. You hear it continually. So that's not us in here. You know, you've been told. Or you don't believe it's possible. There's an issue, and that's something you harbor yourself that we can't do for you. If you have an issue with believing that you can hear from the Lord, you're the hindrance, and that has to be broken down. Then there's, I live in the flesh too much to try. He wouldn't listen to me anyway, because I don't, I don't live up to his standards. That's, a, that's from the pit of hell. Because there is no truth to that to the Father. You are, I like the way Charlie likes to say it, how, you're the most important one. Is that how you say that to people? God loves you the most. Yes. <laughs> you are that. God loves you the most. And so... Uh, don't let yourself fall into the pit of thinking that he wouldn't want to talk to you. He's dying to talk to you. He yearns to know your heart and to, and to speak with you. He knows your heart. I said that wrong. He yearns to have a relationship with you. Some of them are like my little daughter was, not this one, but the other one, that when, you, when the Lord tries to get and talk to them, they say, I can do it myself. Just leave me alone. I can do it myself. I do it. Or you're too hurt angry or bitter to want to try. Then there is, I'd like to hear, but I don't. I think a lot of times we get into information overload. So, um, Ken, would you look up Hebrews 5.11 for me? That's one of his favorite books. I know he'll find it quick. And the question there is, have we become dull of hearing? I'll move on while he's looking. I haven't really tried to tune in, but I'd know him if I heard it. There's a lot of us that say that. If, I, if he spoke to me, I'd know it, but I don't spend the time to try to tune in. Or I'm too busy to be still and know that I am God. If you recall, for some of you who were here when 
I spoke in the last year where I put a video of Francis Chan's up there. And that was the point of his thing, as he was telling about in being in Hong Kong during the COVID virus and how these people were beside themselves. They couldn't, couldn't get over it because all of a sudden everything came to a stop. They're so high strung, they're so competitive, far more than we are in this country, and all of a sudden they found themselves in a point where they didn't know what to do with themselves. And he said that's a problem with people in general is we're chasing the wrong things and we don't have time to be still and know who is our God. Ken, you got that verse and that was um, information overload. So um, where's the mic? You had the mic, right? Okay. I want to let you let it be heard here. There you go. Hebrews Hebrews 5.11. Yeah. You pick me for a reason for this one? Uh, we have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. <laughs> so now back up to where you would like and find a, let's put this in context. Back up to what? Where you would like to go to put it in context, maybe 10 or 9. I'll give him a minute here. That, this is something about our Bible study and our time that we spend in the Word and with the Father. You know, because the Father will speak to you. He'll give you um, understandings. And it's important that when you do that, that you go into before and after. So I like to go a chapter back and a chapter forward, read what I'm reading, try to get things in context. So that's why I'm asking Ken. That sounded good, but let's get it in context. Are you ready? Uh, verse 7. During the day of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him and was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Okay. And then you got 11? All the way there. We have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because exactly. you are slow to learn. Okay. Go with 12 also. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Ouch. Ouch. You know, I've been there for a long part of my life. Long, long part of my life. And I needed milk all the time. And uh, that's a shame. So one of the things that happens is we get information overload. Uh, and I'll just, I think every one of us will be able to follow on this track. How many times do we sit in, in a Sunday service and we hear some, I mean, off the top chart teaching? But we've heard so much for so long, it just kind of drones. And we're not really paying attention, we're not hearing, we're not taking it in. Or we go, you know, I've heard that before and the Lord convicted me on that before, but I, right now I'm, not, I'm too busy. I don't have time to mess with that. I'm not going to go to the front. I'm not going to take my problems to Him. So what He was saying is they become dull of hearing. They've heard it enough times. And they know about it, but they're not going to act on it. They're not going to grow from it. The word just falls off. Um, so then, uh, then there's the maybe I hear and maybe I don't. I've been misled, so now I don't. 
In other words, you heard from the Lord. You didn't understand what was going on. You may have gotten some bad advice, bad information, bad interpretation, any one of the above, and you got discouraged, and now you don't bother. Um, and at that point, you can't, because the word wasn't accurately applied to what was going on. So confusion, doubt, that's all a tool of our enemy. And if those things get in the way, then, then uh, it can slow you down or make you not willing to be open to the Father when He's trying to speak with you. I've been living in a known sin, and I'm limiting my intimacy with God because of it. I've got this sin I'm struggling with. God can't deal with me when I'm living like this. I can't approach Him when I'm living like this. That's all wrong, too. Because you let that become your wall between you and the Father. He wants a relationship, and He will break those things down with you. But it's up to you to make up your mind that this is the way I'm going to walk. This is how I will go, and the Father will grow you and teach you through it all. Um, I don't really know God's character. Boy, this is huge. This is huge. People don't know the character of God, and when He's telling you something, you're not sure you believe it in the first place because that isn't what I think. I'm walking with a friend not too long ago, and I made a comment, and I won't get into anything about what it was, but I made a comment among he and a, a guy that goes to church a lot and a guy who sometimes does. And he says, well, I don't believe that, just as quick as could be. And I said, well, you don't have to. It's Jesus that said it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. And that's really the facts of the matter. If it's in the scripture, it's right. Fess up. You're off track. So the last thing is that I'm a double-minded man. So Charlie, would you read that for me? James 5, 1 through 8. Or 5 through 8. James 1, 5 through 8. Is it on? I don't hear you. Is it on? There you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you have lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanton. You have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. All right, back up. James 1, 5 through 8. Is that right? James 5, you said 5 no, through 8. James 1, 5 through 8. Oh, James 1. I appreciate the reading of the word. That's all right. So we got a double bonus there. If any man, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So, in essence, what we're saying is, and what I to summarize maybe a little bit, 
This is the most important area of your life. If it lacks, you better be finding out why and do something about it. You better spend time before the Lord and, and start opening an ear. There are a lot of things about, and I'm going to let Evelyn talk about the hearing, but I'm just speaking of the not hearing portion of it and the importance of doing that. If I had the ability to roll back time, how many of us are in this stage of life? And you go, wow. If when I was 20 and I first met the Lord and came to know Him, I had decided to walk in His way and I stayed diligent about it, where would I be today? And you have a teenager in your presence. It's like, do you hear me? These things are so important that if you learn to do it, you won't be like me years down the road saying, wow, I wish I had. Because these things are everlasting truths. These are facts of life. That our walk with the Lord is the most important thing we do. As the old saying goes, you had but one job. Right? You got one job. Do it. Everything else is peripheral. And it really, in the scope of things, isn't going to matter. So hearing from the Lord is primary and being able to direct you in how you walk and how you get through life in all ways. All right, so I'm going to... It's... Okay. Um, most of you have had a parent, you've had a child, you've been in a relationship, you've had a grandchild, you've been a teenager. Have you ever said to them, you're not listening to me? <laughs> and what do they say? Yes, yes I am. If they're a teenager. Right? Jeff and I fought for the first, what, 35, 40 years over, you're not listening to me. Well, you're not listening to me. Well, you're not listening to me. I'm not kidding. We're celebrating 48 years. I'm sorry. 48 years tomorrow. And um, most of it was over arguing over what we both agree now that you're right. I'm not listening. And in our culture, isn't that a cultural thing now that we aren't listening? I taught third graders. Their parents didn't listen to them. I was teaching them listening skills. And they said, I wish my mom would stop and turn and look at me when I'm talking to her. Because that's what we did in my classroom. This is the lesson. Eyes and knees to me, please. And they would turn and look at me and they would listen to the lesson. Eyes and knees to me, please. Well, at one point with Jeff, I said, Jeff, I need you to hear what I'm about to say. He closed his laptop. He turned and looked at me, and he said, what? And at first, I almost forgot what I was going to say because it was such a beautiful sight. <laughs> it was such a beautiful sight. So the Lord laments in the Old Testament over and over and over again, my people do not hear my voice. Mm 
it's repeated so much that Jesus and the disciples brought it up in the New Testament. My people do not hear my voice. They've hardened their heart. They have ears. You know, how many times does the Bible say, let him who has an ear hear? So that's our prayer today, is that I share something with you. Did any of you identify with the reasons why you don't hear? I'm hoping that something I share with you this morning will help your hearing. Because even though we're teaching this, we were going, oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot I'm not doing that anymore. So, um, like Jeff said, God wants a relationship with us. Jeff knows I love him if I'm out helping him with the, the yard. He knows I love him when I hand him a cup. There was a, a cup of coffee. There was a time in our marriage when he said, I don't love you anymore. Can't afford to move out. This is, what, this is it. And I was devastated until the Lord said, watch and listen. So I watched what Jeff would do, and I'd hear the Lord say, that's love. And he would do something else, and he would say, that's love. God would just, I would hear, that's love. That's love. That's love. Now, if, if I was to ask him, do you love me? He would have said, no, I don't love you anymore. So two weeks after that happened, the Lord had me convinced Jeff's feelings were lying to him. They do that, don't they? So I said to him, he was at the coffee pot, like that's where he lived, you know, by the coffee pot. And I, was, I just looked at him, I said, you know what, Satan's a liar and a thief, and he cannot have our marriage. You love me, and that's that. And I turned around and walked away, and he stood there like, okay, the woman is crazy. Okay, well, yeah, you know, Charlie, shh. <laughs> All right. So there are many ways in our relationship we tell each other, I love you. And we hear love. What are some ways that God tells you he loves you? Does anyone else, I mean, Jeff already asked you, how do you hear from God? And you said the word song, meditation, preaching, prayer, and the Spirit. Well, Psalm 19, 1 through 2 says, The heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanses declaring the work of his hands. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. Uh, one day I heard my sister was terminal with mesothelioma, cancer. She didn't have long to live. A typical lifespan, once you get that diagnosis, is six months. She lived 13 months. But I was devastated because when I asked her if the church was praying, that she attended was praying for her, she said, you can do that? Thank God you're in a church where the truth is going to reign. 
So when I get the news, Jeff says, I said, Jeff, I need to go for a ride. I, 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 just, I just need to see the heavens without all this light pollution. So he took me out somewhere to a field where there was no light pollution. And I looked up to the sky. And you know what? Every star was still where God put it. The earth was still re rotating and revolving just as God made it. The earth wasn't falling apart. My little world was, but the world wasn't. And so the heavens declared his glory over my and my sister's current situation. How many of you like to go to the beach? You ever feel closer to the Lord when you see that expanse and know that he is holding the oceans only so far, like it's mentioned in Job? Is, I mean, there's just something about seeing that expanse. One time I was like, oh, Lord, I just, I'm overwhelmed, and I'm looking up at the sky, and I'm seeing that expanse. And you know what he said? <laughs> you know you're only seeing a sliver. There's even more. There's even more for us. So, how else can God talk to you? How many of you remember Balaam's donkey? <laughs> how many times have I said, well, Lord, you used a donkey, you can use me. Have you ever said that to yourself? Okay, just in case you haven't, I've, I've got it here. It's in Numbers 22, 28 through 34. So, Balaam is an evil prophet, and he's uh, riding along, and God wanted him stopped. And so there's an angel standing there with a sword. Balaam's donkey sees the angel. He sees into the spiritual realm. I believe children see into the spiritual realms. Have you ever seen a child like, like, like they're seeing an angel? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, this donkey did. And so finally, the donkey asked him, what have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? Then Balaam said to the donkey, because you have made a mockery of me. Would you start talking to a donkey? Don't say anything. <laughs> okay. But Balaam said, because you've made a mockery of me, if there had been a sword in my hand, I would have killed you by now. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I your donkey on which you have ridden all your life to this day? Have I ever been accustomed to, to do so to you? And he said, No. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, and he bowed all the way to the ground. The angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out as an adversary because your way was contrary to me. But the donkey saw me and turned aside from me. I would have surely killed you just now and let her live. So here's another message from that scripture. Is there something in your life right now that you have hit a wall and you can't go forward that maybe God is saying, stop. 
What if Jeff had disobeyed his stop order? Widow, I would have been a widow. If there's a wall, this is where you have to start asking the Lord, okay, Lord, this is, I'm not getting this breakthrough. Are you stopping me from going where I shouldn't go? Or is this the enemy? That's part of the growing up process, right? Okay. So, and of course, Balaam repented and moved on. Um, one of the ways nobody said anything here, but I know it's going on, and I think Brad may have mentioned it. God speaks through dreams and visions. Um, examples would be Abram, Joseph, Daniel in the Old Testament. Uh, we also know that um, in Acts 18.9, Paul uh, had a vision, and God used um, visions and dreams to warn the wise men. Visions and dreams can be a warning, right? So there's another way. Uh, Jeff got a dream so vivid that he wakes up sobbing, and he went downstairs. This was many, many years ago. Went down sobbing, and I finally went down. I thought, okay, this isn't just pizza. What's going on? And we found, uh, wound up uh, listening to the... Um, reading the word, the God took us to a word. We, we sorted it all out. What was God telling you in this dream? And it was a warning. Okay, now, in Joel 2, 28, Old Testament, Acts 2, 17, it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. That's not a maybe. It's good for you to say, okay, Lord, give me, give me a dream. I've particularly seen this with men. Men um, need a dream. They need a vision. They need a goal. I think it's a, something about the way... Uh, God created you to have a task before you to conquer, to overcome. Jeff doesn't just drive down the road. He has to conquer that road. <laughs> okay? So, um, and yes, in the 70s, I was trained to be a feminist. But God has his plans. He has his structure and order. And I believe it's in a man's heart that when he's finally quiet and asleep, God can say, hello, and, and share something with you, his purpose, his will, his warnings. Jeff takes a shower and comes out saying, wow, Lord and I just had a good time because that's one place where he can't fix something, make, you know, <laughs> and get busy about things. God does speak in audible voice to some people, but that's not his preferred way. What he does is he uses other people to speak. I have um, operated many times in a, the word of knowledge. 
I will be praying for someone and the, the Lord will show me something about that person. You, you've, you've been hurt here. You've done this. You have a wall up. You're fearful. You know, I'm seeing this. What does that mean? One word of knowledge was bicycle. And what happened was the man, then the Lord said, he has to heal his relationship with his father. So I told him those two things. Bicycle. The word of God. Bicycle. I didn't know what it meant. He didn't know what it meant. So he started praying. He goes, okay, bicycle. He spent two weeks, I was guessing maybe three, praying about it, driving to work in Columbus, driving back and forth, back and forth. What is it? And all of a sudden, he was so excited. He met me at the door at church one day and said, my father had no love for me as far as I knew, except for one time. I bought a bicycle. I wasted my money. The, the bike was a piece of junk. Something was broken on it. And he went to my defense to the store and had them repair or replace that bicycle. Come on, that's awesome. God knew this is the one key that will unlock that door of hurt and anger and bitterness towards his father. See, he not only heard what I said, he listened and he acted on it. Okay? So, if you're hearing things, my voice, can the scripture be misconstrued or misunderstood? Yes. However, is it the absolute truth? It is. It is. I'm feeling lonely. The Lord says, but I never leave you, and I never forsake you. Hallelujah. Okay? So, the Lord warns us in 1 John 4, 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. I am always asking for confirmation. Um, I gave a word to a man early in my Christian walk, and the man said, Nope, I'm good, not me. And his children were standing behind him. So the other people that were up there at the prayer space left. And I didn't realize it till later that a woman came face to face with me and said, you know what they did with the false prophets in the Old Testament, don't you? And walked away. She labeled me a false prophet, and I should have been stoned. What she didn't know was that her... This man's children were standing right behind him. And they were, even though he was going, nope, 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 not me, I'm good. And even walked away, his children went, you hit it right on the nose. That is an issue for him. And they watched as the, his fa their father's world came crumbling down because he did not listen to the word the Lord had to say to him. He rejected it. 
So we know there's three sources that we listen to all the time, right? Me, myself, and I. <laughs> the Lord and the enemy. So how do you discern? The only way is to go back to the scripture. It's got to be consistent with the scripture. When you're reading the scripture, that's where you learn the character of God. I've had people tell me stuff, and I'm like, uh-uh. Nope, that is not consistent with the character of God. God would not talk that way. He would not say that to me. He wouldn't say it to you. Hebrews 4, 12. Because we know the word is infallible, that means it's incapable of making mistakes or being wrong. I can. I can make mistakes, but the word can't. So Hebrews 4.12, the word of the Lord is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Jeff used to take care of his own deer. I've seen the parting. I mean, you've got to have a sharp knife to part the bone and the marrow, right? And the, the tendons and all. The word is sharp. The word has corrected me. I told you I was trained feminist, so when I started married, you know, when I'm married to Jeff, <laughs> I actually get fun out of doing this still. Bet me, Buckwheat, you're not telling me what to do. <laughs> I don't have to listen to you. So I had issues, and the Lord had to correct me, okay? And one time he shows up at the house with a car that I didn't know he was buying. And I, oh, I was mad. I'm like, what? We don't have the money. We didn't talk about this. There's a car coming from Kentucky, West Virginia, and we didn't talk about this. Hot. I said, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? I didn't have time to run to the scripture. What do I do? And the Lord said, be still. Be quiet. Totally against my nature. <laughs> what? What's option B? Can you give me an option B? And I blessed them. I said, oh, it's a pretty color. What do you think of the car? It's a pretty shade of blue. <laughs> and I didn't say anything negative against that car. I let the Lord work. Thank God I heard him and I listened to him. And it was consistent with his character. Be still. Let me work. How long did the car last? Not a year. Not a year months. <laughs> God took care of it all. Now, God gave us a conscience. Jeff uh, gave you that. We know that um, our conscience is similar to our feelings, and they'll lie to you. Um, my conscience was, um, even when my parents were telling dirty jokes and cussing and drinking when I was a kid, I didn't want anything to do with it. That was just the way my conscience was. My other siblings followed suit with them somewhat. 
Um, Ephesians 4, 24 says, Be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man after God, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. I am so glad I'm not who I used to be. My goodness. Every once in a while it tries to rear its ugly head and I have to tell it, no, get, get back, get down. We have a born-again spirit. Anybody that said, Jesus, I want you in my heart, you have him in you. We have a born-again spirit that will witness to the truth. You have a decision to make. You have a choice to make every day. We were talking about Judas Iscariot and the choices he made that led to him allowing Satan to enter into him that he took 30 pieces of silver and led to the crucifixion of our God, of, of Jesus Christ. Choice by choice by choice. My life verse, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Talk about a relationship. I live, I'm alive, because Jesus loved me and gave himself for me. Why wouldn't I want to talk to him? Why wouldn't I want to listen? When I pray, sometimes I just sit and I listen first or I listen somewhere in between the prayer and Jeff has told me Evelyn we don't always know that that's what you're doing because if they're talk 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 amen we're done well when I pray listening is part of my conversation with the Lord what kind of wife would I be if I just said Jeff listen to me Amen, and walk away. He might chase me down. He might go, better off, I don't know. <laughs> but we listen to one another because we love one another. We're in a relationship with one another. I just did. Oh, Galatians 2.20. Thank you, Chris. All right, so now in 1 Kings 19, if you're not hearing God, this might be another reason. What, pardon? First Kings nineteen eleven through thirteen. This might be the reason you're not hearing because Elijah was fleeing Jezebel. He had killed forty and four hundred fifty of the Baal prophets, but he was fleeing Jezebel because she says, "Oh, dude, you're in for it now." He's running away from her, and God's. Fed him, let him rest, fed him, let him rest, and then said, what, what are you doing? There was a mighty wind, but God was not in the wind. There was an earthquake, and God was not in the earthquake. There was a fire, but God was not in the earth, the fire. He was in the still, small voice. And I, I, I'm going I'm to end here because of this. I left him one time, driving into Pataskala, I heard God say, turn around. Nope. 
I can't do it. I can't do it, Lord. I can't do it. Turn around. The farther I drove, the softer his voice got to the point where I was hearing, turn around. An alarm went off in my heart. I was driving away from the Lord and what he wanted. His voice got softer. And I said, okay, I'm turning around, but Lord, you got to do something. you got to help me. As soon as I turned around, he said, now what did I say? And he led me and reminded me of a scripture that set me free from that day on. Who do I say you are? You said I'm a child of the living God. And that's it. I had to get my identity back in shape. One thing I do want to remind you is to pray in tongues. If you have that gift, pray in tongues because that prayer is perfect, perfect in the will of God. Um, I use tongues when I'm praying for people because I don't know how to pray for you like I should, and that's what tongues is for. So, Jeff, did you want to finish? Don't forget, Jesus is the good shepherd, and the sheep hear his voice. Um, The Hebrew word for listen also means hear and obey. So I love that he shared our puppy story, because if they aren't listening, they're not obeying, are they? Just like your kids. Your kids, you you, you didn't do what I told you to do. You didn't listen to me. Get your mommy finger out. (laughs) Ready? So that's the essence of what Evelyn is saying. If you need help reading between the lines, it's not only listening, but obeying. Because it's when she walked where she was told that the benefits came. I've heard an awful lot of things that the Lord told me, and I did not do. And I can't say that any of them ended up in a good way. I don't know what I may have missed had I done what he asked me to do. But we're talking about having heard when we're talking these things. My concern is if you do not hear. That's what I am most worried about. Is if you, and I'm not worried. I'm I'm concerned because actually it would be you that would have to be worried if you're not hearing from the Lord. That is a developed thing. It is automatically your birthright that you would hear from him as soon as you are saved. It's not an if, maybe, sometime, something else. Maybe I'm not the one that God's going to talk to. It's always somebody else. That's all wrong. All of us, every one of us, should have an ear tuned to the Father. That is what our life is, and that's how we develop, and that's how we learn. So yes, you can hear things, you can pick up on them and run with them, you can have great examples of things that have happened. I could tell you things that um, didn't go well. And I heard yesterday, as a matter of fact, and I'm not going to say anything much about it other than to say I heard yesterday just a minor thing, that it was just simple. No, don't do that. And I couldn't come up with a reason why not. 
because I was asked, well, no, this is a good idea. And I'm like, yeah, it is a good idea, you know, and I couldn't come up and then I'm still hearing, don't go there. And I did. And it turned out to be a very, very ugly afternoon. And Jeff was the one that was ugliest. I, it was not pretty the way the day developed. And it was because of me that he had to tell me, don't go there. Well, I did. And I sure wish I hadn't, you know, because I could have avoided a lot of pitfalls, a lot of struggles, a lot of anger and things that developed through the course of the day. God wants to be involved in what you're doing. He wants to be like this with you. It's hard. I'm not, you know, not trying to kid anybody. If you're not hearing from the Lord, this isn't a condemnation thing. Not trying to make you feel bad or anything else. Here's the keys. Be quiet. Settle. Get in the Word. If you're not in the Word, I mean, that's like trying to understand how to, I mean, some of us, there's a couple people around this place that could get a hold of a car and tear it apart and put it back together. Most of us need a manual to get started, at least when you first come in to that kind of thing. You can't walk a lifestyle without learning something about it. If you do, it's dangerous because you're going to do things wrong. You're going you're to make huge messes. And you may hurt yourself and even kill yourself because you don't know what you're doing. And so we can't just assume anything in God's world. And that's the dangerous part is taking your own set of beliefs about well, the way you think things are without even consulting him or opening his manual. <laughs> Be in the word. Spend quiet time. Let him deal with you personally learn. You will develop an ear for the Lord. You'll understand. There will be that time you go, okay, I'm hearing this and I don't know what it is. If that's what's happening, move on it, act on it, and then let the Lord show you, yeah, you know, you'll see. That was good. I'm glad I did that. And in time, you come to know the Master's voice. So my encouragement is to you to put that effort in in everything you do. Don't um, neglect your time alone with him. That's the very most important thing. And like I said earlier, you got just one job to do. And that's to walk through this life in the fullness of what he's got to give you. And you can't have it if you don't have any idea what it is he wants you to, to do and how to walk. So with that, I'm just going to let it go there. This isn't a, this isn't a scold what? Oh. This isn't a scolding, not trying to point out faults and issues. If you feel that, don't. Please shed that. That's not what we're trying to do. We're just trying to encourage you. Dig in deeper. If things aren't running well in your life and you're frustrated, dig in deeper and find out why. Because God's plans for you are wonderful. All right, so, and we'll close. I'm going to pray with my eyes open, I, and I don't care if your eyes are open or not. Heavenly Father, I pray for a deeper relationship for everyone sitting here. I think there's a couple people in here who I haven't heard. I love you in a long time. Your heart is hungry, and it's thirsty. 
And the Lord is telling you this day, I love you. I do hear your prayers. I do hear your cries. And I do wipe away your tears. But I want you to hear from me. Lord, I pray that each and every person here, that the Holy Spirit would be made manifest in them in such a way that as they abide in you and you abide in them, they can ask whatever they will and it will be done to them. And Lord, if they are hearing you and they don't know it, I pray that they get that aha moment where they say, oh, that's God telling me he loves me. I thank you for your mercy, Lord. We, we sang today that we're grateful that you hear us, and we are. Help us to fine-tune our hearing, to get beyond our bitterness and our hurts, to sit at your feet and worship you. In Jesus' name. And if you want prayer, you can come up and we'll pray for you about anything. Amen.